Open series today from the book of Ruth. There are four chapters in Ruth, and there are four Sundays in March. So guess what? Every Sunday, I'll be preaching a chapter of Ruth. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. I feel like the Lord guided me to the book of Ruth for this specific time in the life of our church and in our personal lives. And Ruth, of course, is about redemption. It's a story of God's amazing grace in spite of disobedience, in spite of wrongful deeds, in spite of lack of uh, following the Lord, in spite of all those things, God's grace and favor show up. This message this morning is about the return of hope. We can live a short while without water. You can live a short while without food, but you cannot survive very long without hope. You must have hope that something is going to happen that's going to get better in your life. If you lose that hope, despair will set in. You might be tempted to end your life. It's hard for us to imagine someone getting to that place of despair. We're always confused when somebody takes their own life. But that's because we have hope. Have you ever been at the bottom of a pit and really struggled to look up then you know that that hopeless condition is a very sad place to be. The wonderful thing about our God is no matter how far down you go, His grace and love go even deeper. And uh, He's able to bring us up from a pit of despair. I want to welcome those who joined us by way of the Internet. We're so grateful that you participate with us in the study of God's Word. We're grateful for every one of you who join with us and utilize those listening guides and study God's Word with us. We invite you to come and worship with us here in the Worship Center at Eastside Baptist Church in Auburndale. Anytime you're in the area, please come and visit with us. We'd love to have you here. You'll open your Bibles to Ruth chapter 1. We're going to read this chapter. The story of Ruth occurs during a time of spiritual decline. It's rapid spiritual decline. It's been going on for years, but as it goes downward, it speeds up. And it almost reminds us of the condition of our own country, doesn't it? 
it seems to be spiraling out of control. And this place in Israel, this is the spiritual condition that they are in. It is a time when God's word is being ignored and disobeyed with impunity. It is a time when people ignore what God says and then expect his blessings anyway. It is a time when spiritual decline is just all around the people. It's the period of the judges. And uh, if you read through the book of Judges, which is the historical context of the book of Ruth, you will find that the people were in this cycle of disobeying God. They would sin and do evil in the sight of the Lord. And he would raise up an evil power to come and conquer them. And then they, were, they would be under this evil power and they would cry out to God. And in his mercy, he would raise up a deliverer who would then deliver them from their enemies. And they would experience a period of rest. And they'd go on for years. And then they'd return right back to their sinful ways. And this cycle is repeated seven times in the book of Judges. Seven cycles of sin and servitude and a Savior being raised up. And then this great deliverance that happens. And then rest on all time. I would suggest to you that our country is right for a wicked leader. And it will only be when God's people cry out to the Lord in desperation that things will change. So the book of Ruth has real relevance to us because we are in a similar situation in our country. So a spiritual decline and one of the things that historically God did when his people were in disobedience to him, one of the things he would do is send a famine. In fact, if my people who are called by my name, do you know the verse that just precedes that? When I send famine. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. The verse just preceding that says, When I send famine. So he did. He sent a famine to the land of Judah. The severe famine. And uh, that's where the story begins. Chapter 1. The book of Ruth. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled, right? Joshua, Judges, Ruth. That there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, this is very significant, Bethlehem. If you see Bethlehem in the Bible, pay attention. It's in prophecy that the Messiah would come to Bethlehem. So his family gets its start here in Bethlehem. 
So watch it whenever you see it in the Bible. A certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech. The name of his wife was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion. Um, in some translations, the name Chilion is spelled with a K, Kilion. It is the same name, of course. So Malon and Chilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to the country of Moab and remained there. Well, why did they go to Moab? To escape the famine. They were trying to escape the discipline of God. Will they be successful? Can you get away from the discipline of God? You cannot. If you are in disobedience to him, he will find you. And he will deal with you. You will not like the way he deals with you, but you will like the outcome. Because he restores. That's his purpose. When he spanks you, when he deals with you, when he disciplines you, it's always with the intent of restoring your relationship with him. He's trying to bring you back. It's one of the themes of this book. Bringing you back. Bringing me back. So then Elimelech, verse 3, Naomi's husband died. So he ran away from God and died. Not a good outcome. And she was left and her two sons. Now they took wives of the women of Moab. This is one of the problems of running away from God. You make multiplied bad decisions. So was it really a good thing for them to take wives from the Moabites? Everybody say no. Because they're marrying outside the faith. And that's what happened. But you know, our God is so amazing. He can take our disobedience and turn it into a blessing if you're willing to seek Him with all your heart. He can even take your disobedience, your rebellion. He can take your mistakes, your rebellion, your frustrations, your failures. He can take every one of those things and weave them together in a tapestry that turns your life into a blessing that glorifies His name. What an awesome God! Alright. Now, they took wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah. That's not Oprah. That's Orpah. And the name of the other, Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. So, you might think you've gotten away from the Lord... But let me say this, it all comes back to you. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. It all comes home. One day. But here's the amazing thing about our God. 
is still able to rescue us. No matter what. What a great God. Then both Malon and Chilion also died, so the woman survived her two sons and her husband. Naomi has experienced the death of her husband, she's a widow, and now both of her sons, her only hope in this day for sustenance and support, for protection, for provision, her only hope has been taken away from her. She is left virtually all alone, except for this. God has his eye on her. And he is a husband to the widow and a father to the fatherless. She arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. The famine is over. So Naomi says, I'm going to get my daughters-in-law and I'm going to go back to where I have family. Going back home. You know, sometimes people get away from the Lord and then all of a sudden they wake up and they say, you know, I just need to go back. I need to go back to the Lord. I need to get back to church. I need to be around people that are positive and uplifting. And I need to be where I can be under the blessing of God. I need to get back there. Sometimes they just wake up like the prodigal son, right? It took him getting into a pig pen before he woke up. Naomi woke up. She said, I need to go back. Therefore she went out from the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. The word return is a key word in the book. It's mentioned ten plus times in the first chapter. Return. Can I say this to you? God has his arms open wide. He wants you to return. He wants you to come back to a right relationship with him. He wants you to stop piddling around and get right with him. He wants you to wake up and come home. This is the story of Ruth. It's a wonderful story. Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to his mother's house. And the Lord deal kindly with you as you've dealt with the dead and with me. And the Lord grant that you may find rest each in the house of her husband. So she kissed them and they lifted up their voices and wept. She's saying to them, Why don't you stay here in Moab where you have family and remarry and, and may the Lord bless you. And they weep because they love her. They don't want to leave her. Now watch what happens here. They said to her, Surely we will return with you to your people. Notice this word return? We're going to stay with you, Naomi. Watch. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb? Are you hoping that one day I'm going to give birth to a son and you can marry them? That's ridiculous, she's saying. It's not going to happen. They may be your husbands. 
Verse 12, turn back, my daughters, go, for I too am old, I'm too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, look at that, hmm. if I should have a husband tonight and should also bear sons, would you wait for them until they're grown? No, you wouldn't. Would you restrain yourself from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of, Lord has, of the Lord has gone out against me. Now we get an idea of what's going on in Naomi's life. She is bitter against the Lord. God, you took my husband, now you take my sons. What have I left? She blames God for all of this. Watch, watch what happens. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. What? She's going back to her people and to her gods. This is what people do when they're away from the Lord. They return to what is familiar and comfortable. And usually it has to do with worldliness. It has to do with being in a place of disobedience and rebellion against God, and you don't want to admit it. Go back to your gods and to your people. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, listen to this, Entreat me not to leave you, or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people should be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. We usually use these verses for a wedding. But this is about a love relationship between Naomi the mother-in-law, and her daughter-in-law, Ruth. I want you to see something. Orpah was also a daughter-in-law, but she went back to her gods. Ruth said, no, your God is my God. I'm staying with you. This is the difference between a person who is a fan of Jesus Christ and one who is a follower of Jesus Christ. This is the difference between an awakened soul and a quickened spirit. This is the difference between a person who likes church and one who is committed to worshiping God. There is a difference between going to church and being the church. There is a difference between those who have, whose hearts are with the Lord all the time and those who simply find it convenient to go to church. There is a difference. Orpah represents people who like Jesus. They like what he teaches, but they're not going to commit their lives to him. Ruth, on the other hand, says, Your God is my God. I will not. Leave you. So the question is, how many Orphas do we have here this morning? How many Ruths? Give me a heart like Ruth. 
Amen. Amen. Give me a heart like Ruth. When she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. Now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem, and it happened when they had come to Bethlehem that all the city was excited because of them, and the women said, Is this Naomi? She'd been gone ten years. She said to them, Do not call me Naomi, which means plentiful and full, but call me Mara, which means bitter. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. Is she bitter? She is. This is the second time it mentions in the text that she's blaming God. Do you think God still loves Naomi? Do you think Naomi still loves God? Probably. But she's overcome by bitterness. But you know what? God sees right past that bitterness and he's going to bless her anyway. That's amazing to me. <laughs> that God can see you and me right where we are. He sees right past all the junk. And he says, I'm going to bless you anyway. May his favor be upon us. Amen. Do not call me Naomi. Call me Myra. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full which is the meaning of play on her name. And the Lord has brought me home empty. You do recognize here, she sees the hand of God. He brought me home. Empty as I am. Why do you call me Naomi, since the Lord has testified against me, and the Lord has afflicted me? There's a third time it's mentioned. So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab, now they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of barley harvest, a time of blessing. I have some slides I want to show you as we study this passage of Scripture. This is a picture of Ruth and Naomi looking at the harvest. This is, this is grain. It's not barley, though. That's a wheat grain. All right, go ahead. Here's an artist depiction. Who do you think this is? Why do you say that? Yeah, yeah. Ruth is clinging to Naomi. And who's this over here? who's going back. All right, the next, please. This is a, a map of exactly uh, the journey that's taking place. They left Bethlehem and went all the way over here to Moab, and then after 10 years returned back to Bethlehem. You can see the journey was not short. The region is rocky and it's desert-like. All right, and then next. <clears throat> Please notice this. Here is Elimelech and Naomi, who give birth to Malon and Chilion. Chilion marries Orpah, 
Malon marries Ruth. These three guys die. Ruth carries on with Naomi. She marries Boaz. And a son is born whose name is Obed. And he has a son whose name is Jesse. And he has a son whose name is David. And so God takes an idolater named Ruth from Moabite and places his grace upon her, and she becomes the great-grandmother of King David, who is the forerunner of the Messiah. So God took this idolater, this Gentile, outside the faith, and brings her by His grace into the line of the Messiah. What an amazing story of God's grace. Can I just share this with you? Because of Jesus Christ, you can have that grace. It's amazing. Listen, God will take anybody here this morning that is willing. He'll take anybody here and fully restore you and make you a channel of God's mercy and love and glory to the world. He'll take anybody here and bring you right into the line of the Messiah. You'll be born again. You'll have life eternal. You'll have a home in heaven. You'll experience His mercy, grace, and love. You'll know what it's like to be forgiven, loved, and accepted. He'll do it for anybody. All right. Now all of that by way of introduction. Here we go. In the text, we've talked about the wonderful story of Ruth. What is it that we can learn from the passage, this story of loyal love? First thing we learn is this. There is a difference between being a fan of Jesus and a follower of Jesus. Only a true follower of Jesus will continue to believe even in the face of tragedy and loss. You know that losing a husband is a losing a spouse is a terrible thing. It's heartrending, life-changing. And then to lose children on top of that to feel all alone and abandoned. It's a tragic place. Ruth is a witness to all of this. Naomi returns home. The hand of God brings her back. Even though she's bitter, He brings her back. And He brings her back in order to bless her. Don't miss that. No matter where you are, no matter how deep the despair, God wants to bring you back in order to bless you. Sometimes, He allows us to go through very difficult circumstances, heartbreaking, painful circumstances. He allows us to walk through that so we can see the emptiness of pursuing life apart from a relationship with Him. 
Elimelech took his family down to Moab in disobedience to God, in rebellion against God. He went there knowing he shouldn't have gone. But he thought, I've got to provide for my family. Right? Do you blame him for that? Here's what he forgot. He's not the provider. God's the provider. And if you trust him, even in the midst of a famine, he will provide for you. You see, Elimelech forgot God. And that's what happens in so many of our lives. We get caught up in this world. We forget that God is in control. God is the provider. God is the one who restores life. God is the one who forgives. God is the one who is in control. We forget. Amen. What happened to Elimelech? So this picture is given to us. Naomi says, I've got to go back home. Ruth says, I'm there with you. Nothing but death can separate us. Hear this well. When you commit your life to Jesus Christ, nothing will ever separate you. Not even death. Loyal love. He will hold on to you. He will keep you. He will secure you. He will bless you. He will use you. If you're willing to commit your life to Him. But don't let your heart return to your old gods. Don't be like Orpah and turn back. Be like Ruth. So we see clearly the difference between a fan of Jesus. Oh, I like what Jesus says. I like what he does. I like what he represents. I like what he teaches. I even like being around church people. But don't ask me to commit my life to Jesus Christ. I want to be in charge of my life. I don't want to turn control of my life over to Jesus. It might mean I have to give up something. Really? What would you possibly have to give up? Something temporal for something eternal? Here's the second thing we learn. There is a cost to getting out of the will of God. Had Elimelech decided to stay in Bethlehem and trust God to provide, the Lord would have provided for him and for his family. Going to Moab was a costly lesson in stepping out of the will of God. It's better to be in the will of God in a famine than out of the will of God in a feast. Uh, excuse me? It is better to be in the will of God in a famine than out of the will of God in a feast. Amen? So every time we step out of the will of God and we do something that we know is not His will for our lives, we are going to Moab. We're saying, hey, I can handle this on my own. I'm going to take care of my business 
and leave God out of it. I'm going to forget about God, forget about His Word, forget about His people, forget about His plan. I'm going to forget about the fact that He's in control and I really can trust Him. I'm going to forget about those things and I'm going to handle life on my own. And that's what people do when they get out of His will. When they stop putting the Lord first. Start making it a matter of convenience. Oh, Orpah. She liked a relationship with Naomi, and she liked her God, but it was a convenience thing to her. Huge difference between convenience and commitment. Everybody all right? I'm all right. I'm doing good. Well, there is a third thing we learn from this passage. That is that God has loyal love for his children, even when they're out of his will, even when they're bitter and lacking in faith. God has loyal love. He will never, ever leave you nor forsake you. God is good and kind and loving and faithful no matter what. And you can trust Him no matter what. And He's ready for you and me to return just like Naomi. He's ready to give you and me a fresh start. Hope can be restored. not a better time to put your trust in the Lord than right now. Perhaps you need to ask God for forgiveness this morning. How many of you would say this morning I need to ask God for forgiveness. You, you can raise your hand. <laughs> I need to ask God for forgiveness. Yeah. You know, look around. The truth of the matter is, all of us are in that spot, aren't we? God, forgive me for not trusting you. Forgive me for not putting my heart right where it needs to be. Forgive me for forgetting about your sovereignty and your grace. Thank you for loving me even when I've been unlovable. Amen? Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? No one looking around. As we're turning to the Lord in prayer right now, I want you to know it really doesn't matter whether you're in Judah or in Moab today. Because there's a God who loves you. and just wants you to return. Would you be willing to return? Be willing to come home? Say, Lord, I've been away for far too long. I need to come back. If that's you this morning, let me assure you, the 
Lord Jesus loves you more than you can even imagine. And he's ready to bring you back to the place of blessing. He's ready to bring you back to the time of harvest. Where you're seeing good fruit in your life. Not the sour bitterness of rebelling against God and doing things yourself, but the fruitfulness of the harvest. That means experiencing God's love and presence and blessing every day because you're in a right relationship with Him. You're here this morning and that's you. I'd like for you to pray with me. You just pray silently, but just pray with me right now. Father, I've been away from you for far too long. Right now, I'm coming home. I hear you calling me home. And I'm coming home to you. I'm coming with all my struggles, all my failures, all my fears, all the frustrations, all the struggles, the failures, the difficulties. All of them, Lord, I'm coming with them. And I'm trusting you to restore my hope. I'm returning this morning. I'm coming back. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your amazing grace. And thank you for your power to take my mess and turn it into a great one. 